you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. The working world has changed so much over the last two years, and there is a lot of uncertainty out in the world. And it's hard to figure out sometimes where we should go next and find our best career options. And if you're looking for more information and direction on how to drive your career in these uncertain times, this is the session for you. Hi, I'm Andy Storch. I am your summit host, and I'm excited to introduce our next legendary speaker. Lindsay Pollock is a New York Times bestselling author and keynote speaker and an ex expert on guiding careers in the ever-changing multi-generational workplace. Lindsay is also the author of multiple books, including College to Career, Becoming the Boss, the Remix and Recalculating. And I'm so excited to have Lindsay speaking on our summit today. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Huge pleasure, Andy. I'm a big fan. I love what you do. I love the community that you've built. And I'm just really privileged to be part of the summit. Well, the feeling is mutual. I'm a huge fan of yours. That's why I always invite you to speak on my summits and anything I do. Uh, you put out such great content. Um, and you have such great advice and guidance for, for people. And uh, I always love learning from you. And I can't wait to get into that today. Um, I want to start with what's going on in the world, in the marketplace. There's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, last time you and I talked, we were, it was in 2020. We we're kind of in the middle of the pandemic. And we really didn't know where things were going. Now we're well into 2021, almost to the end. Um, some things are kind of getting back to normal. We've entered this kind of great resignation where a lot of people are moving around. What are you seeing out there in the marketplace? And especially when it comes to people finding careers, what's going on? Boy, it's so interesting to think back to those conversations we had in 2020. And in some ways, we're still there. I, I still think of this as the messy middle where it's not over and we don't know how it's going to end up. And it's always really difficult to kind of look when you're in the eye of the storm, what's going to happen. But what I'm starting to observe talking to employers, recruiters, and particularly I spend a lot of time with early career professionals is I'm not really using the term great resignation. I'm kind of using the term great realignment, which is you have this opportunity, whether you are a job seeker, career changer, entrepreneur, employer, to kind of rejigger where you are. And for many people that is resigning, but in some ways that's helpful because there's movement. And so when somebody leaves a position, it opens it up for somebody else. And so I think a lot of employers are focused on the movement out, but not thinking about who's taking their place and they might be a better fit for what's going on. And, and obviously I have another reword. I wrote a book called Recalculating, but it's just this idea of doing things in a different way and having a moment, which I think COVID has kind of blessed us with to say, wait a minute, stop what I'm doing and look around. And is this what I really want? So I'm really optimistic about where we are, even though I know it's very challenging. Yeah. And I, I love the concept for your book because so many people were kind of forced to pivot or recalculate where they're going. And, and I remember talking with you uh, around the time that the pandemic hit and we were figuring out where we were going. And at the time, you and I both had businesses that were based around in-person speaking and training. And uh, my whole business got shut down. I know things changed a lot for you. And we were forced to really pivot and recalculate. And we see a lot of other people doing the same thing. That's exactly right. Um, I have been very candid. I lost 
all of my business. I went from a completely booked calendar of in-person events to absolutely zero in about a two-week period in March 2020. And I've been doing this long enough that I knew something would start to happen, but it was terrifying. And I had this moment, I've actually been historically terrible at naming my books. So it's sort of like the last thing I've always done by you know some email brainstorm. But this book recalculating actually kind of came to me in a flash. I was in my apartment in New York City, looking out the window and I saw cars on the street. And I just had this moment of thinking, gosh, it's like we're all driving our cars and using our GPS to navigate. And we all suddenly at the same moment in March of 2020 had our GPS kind of glitch and spin as we've all experienced and say, recalculating, you can't keep going the way you're going. But almost at the same moment, I felt optimistic when I had that image because when your GPS says recalculating, it says you can't go that way, but there is another way. Your GPS never says, well, too bad, nowhere, nowhere to go. It always finds a way. Yeah. And I think the other factor is your GPS never says, sorry, Linz, you got to go back to your driveway and start all over again. It takes right. how far you've come. And so what I realized was I don't have to throw away everything I've done. How do I recalculate and find other paths to use my skills, my experience, my network to move forward? And I think that that's really been the driving force for people who've been successful during this past two years or 18 months or, or what have you, which is they looked for other paths and were willing to say, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. I'm going to have to pivot. But the people who sort of were unwilling to do that, I think have really been struggling. Yeah, the people who are rigid and and we see it all the time, right? Like I spent all my energy building this thing, the speaking business or whatever it is, and it all came crashing down. What do I do now? Um, but when we can shift our mindset to that idea that like, hey, stuff's going to happen, right? I've got to be flexible. I've got to be willing to recalculate and pivot. And I know it's going to work out if I'm playing the long game, to use a term from one of our other speakers in the summit, Dory Clark, right? Things are going to work out in the end. Um, so you talked about recalculating and we have a good idea of what that means now. Um, I know in the book, you have the five rules of recalculating. I wonder if you could walk us through that so we could really help people think through their careers in this moment. I would love to. And uh, the first rule is exactly what we were talking about. I, I call it embrace creativity, but it really is, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And if I was getting zero speaking gigs from being a speaker, that was not going to serve me. And so creativity is about thinking really creatively about how you can apply your skills in different ways. So it might mean taking a career assessment, which I'm a big fan of. I have a, a free assessment from my partner, Capfinity. If you go to lindsaypollock.com SP, for strengths profile, you can check that out. Um, and even using something like social media to look and see who inspires you. Um, one of the really important elements, I think, of recalculating and, and kind of staying above water in this very difficult time is to not fall into the trap of envy or thinking that everybody else has it better. And one of the things I like to talk about when it comes to creativity is really using envy as a catalyst. So for example, if you're watching people you admire and say, gosh, Andy's doing this whole summit and Lori's writing a book and you know, Dory's speaking at this conference, why are they so much better than I am? Instead say, I'm gonna follow them. I'm gonna study them. I'm gonna learn from what it is that they do. And, and that can be a little bit hard, but use that as inspiration as opposed to frustration. And I think that's a really smart thing to do. So little tools like social media can be huge drivers of thinking creatively about what we might want to do next. So number yeah. one, embrace creativity. 
If I could just jump in there, I'm such a big fan of that. And I wrote about that in my book too, like how to deal with comparison, something that I have struggled with for much of my career, right? You're, you've got these goals, you're working on this thing and you see other people doing these great stuff. And you're like, why does that, you know, why do they get to do that? Why are they so successful? And instead of having that envy and anxiety, turning it into inspiration, right? And so I've watched you for quite some time, like look at what Lindsay's accomplishing. Maybe I can do that too. Maybe I can learn from her. And I think the other big key there is, is collaboration over co uh, competition, right? When you, you find people who are doing great things, find ways to collaborate instead of feeling like you need to compete with them and you can really help each other with all of your goals. That's so wise and it kind of leads beautifully into rule number two, which is prioritize action. And, and I'll tell you a story. Um, one of our fellow summit speakers who shall remain nameless, but will know who she is. I went through a little bit of comparison at the beginning of COVID when I thought, you know what? Um, I can't speak at conferences right now, but I bet I could do some adjunct teaching, maybe at a community college or a university. And there was one particular person who um, speaks um, and has a class and is an adjunct professor at two very prestigious universities. And I went into this little spiral, as we all do, thinking, well, it's because she's better than I am. And that's because people like her more and she's more successful. And instead, I did exactly what you talked about, which is I emailed her. And I said, hey, I would love to get your advice because I'm thinking about maybe teaching at a university. And guess what she told me? It wasn't magic. She wasn't perfect and special and, you know, touched by some divine, uh, you know, fairy. Yeah. She said, I applied to 100 adjunct teaching jobs and I got two. Wow. And I said, oh, she did the work. Yeah. It's not magic. Yeah. And when people ask me, how did you build your business? How do you do a hundred speeches a year? How have you written four books? It's like, I have built it over 20 years. I've written eight proposals and I have four books. Do the math. That's a, <laughs> that's a 50% failure rate, yeah. but I kept going. And that's why I'm a fan of, you mentioned Dory Clark and, and the long game. It's not about like tried one thing and it failed. So I'm giving up. Mm. But when I really stop and remember, oh, things take time and hard work. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of growth mindset, which I'm sure you've talked about, which is using this, what I think of as really a magic word yet. You know, I haven't gotten an adjunct teaching role yet. I haven't found my career path yet, but there are ways to do it. And I think probably, you know, it's interesting being out there promoting, recalculating. I can honestly say the number one question that I've gotten, and it might be on the minds of your own your career summit attendees, is they people often say, I just, I don't even want to get out of bed. It's just, mm. I'm just really languishing or depressed or frustrated. How am I supposed to get motivated? And the only answer I've ever been able to come up with is really straight out of growth mindset, which is. What is the absolute smallest possible step that you can take? It's not redoing your LinkedIn profile. It's redoing one word of your LinkedIn profile. It's not setting up 10 job interviews. It's emailing one friend from a former job. So I think those small steps can really add up to enormous, enormous changes. And, and Doris is something that I've been quoting a lot lately, which is we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish in a day but we underestimate what we can accomplish in a month or a year. So I think mm. that long game is, is really valuable. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I've also heard uh, that we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in three or five years, right? And, and it just speaks to what you're saying is like, play the long game, do the work, put in the reps. All the people I know who I look up to are really successful. When you really dig into what they've done, it's not overnight success, right? Like they just kept working and working and trying things. They probably failed at like half the stuff right? Like you said, the proposal, whatever, <laughs> same here, right? But they just keep going 
And one day they're like, you know, best-selling author, speaker, all this stuff. And you're like, how did they do that? Like, like you said, you've been building it for 20 years. So I hope that's good inspiration for people to put in the work, put in the reps, keep showing up consistently. Love that. All right. What's the third rule of recalculating? Okay. The third rule is control what you can. And this is for all my type A friends out there. Um, I used to call myself Andy a control freak. And a friend of mine said, you know, that's, that's really negative, Lindsay. So you should call yourself a control enthusiast. So I now call myself a control enthusiast if anyone out there resonates, but I mean, COVID basically taught us with all of my fancy um, customer relationship management software and plans and assistance and all that, when your business goes away, it goes away and you just can't control it. Um, And so I think it's really worth thinking about what we cannot control. We can't control the virus. We can't control government mandates. We can't control the economy. We can't control other people. And I get a lot of questions about ageism, right? Or other areas of discrimination. And yeah, ageism is real. It happens all the time, but you can't control whether somebody on the other side of that hiring conversation is ageist, but you can control yourself. You can control your boundaries. You can control how you behave. And on the topic of ageism, you know, it's certainly never the fault of the person who's being discriminated against. But I asked many recruiters about this for the book. And so many of them said, you know, I get on the phone with someone, I wasn't even thinking about their age. And the first thing out of their mouth is, wow, I'm old enough to be your mother. Don't bring it up if they don't. Don't draw attention to something that other people don't. You can control that. Yeah. And the other thing is I always share this list of um, 10 things that require zero talent. It's kind of a meme mm. out there. And I tend mm. to show it um, for early career professionals when you don't have a lot of skills, yeah. you can do these things. But to me, it's a good reminder for everybody thinking about their career. The 10 things that require zero talent are things like being on time, having a positive attitude, being coachable, having good body language, right? On the days when you feel imposter syndrome, on the days when you're frustrated, you can still bring all of that to the table. And I think you're probably more than halfway there in a job interview situation, in an employer pitch, you know, in any situation to get that quote, easy stuff, right. Mm -hmm. And not think about hitting a home run. Just think about doing all the things that you have to do. And I think that can be really powerful, not just at the beginning of your career, but at any stage, double down on the basics. Yeah, I love that. It's such a great reminder to focus. I know we're both big on mindset, to focus on the things that are within your control. There's so many things that are outside of our control, right? Politics, the world economy, your company, your boss. Um, I always bring up even your spouse and your kids. You can't control them as much as you want to, right? But you can control you, how you show up, how you interact with people, the things you say, how you make other people feel, uh, all that sort of stuff. And that really factors into your ability to go out and make that next move, get the next job, whatever it may be. Uh, So I love that. And I, I like the 10 things that you can do almost with no talent or experience. Uh, I think I do most of those well, except for show up on time. I struggle with that. Um, But at least we got started on time today. Uh, Lindsay, what's the fourth one? Okay, four is know your non-negotiables. So it's pretty likely if you're in a career transition that you are probably gonna have to make some compromises, right? You're probably not gonna get everything you want all the time. And that's just sort of a reality of life, but you don't have to bend on everything. And so people who say, I'll take anything or, you know, I'll do anything, that's not really going to serve you. And so it's really important to think about what is your absolute top priority right now? And it might change right now. It might be your schedule because you have kids or elder care responsibilities right now. It might be uh, working on your spirituality or personal development. 
Uh, right now, it might be overcoming uh, an illness. Right now, it might be working on your marriage. Right now, it could be making money because you've got to catch up on your retirement savings or paying off debt. Whatever your one or two top priorities are, when you're making decisions, keep those top of mind. You can't have a list of 20 things. And I think we need to just be realistic about that. And uh, Erica Keswin, who just wrote a terrific book called Rituals Roadmap, mm-hmm. um, is really an expert on kind of bringing humanity to our work and our careers. And she asked me a question that was really life-changing for me related to this topic. She said, the question she asked people is, does your calendar reflect your values and priorities? So if you look at your calendar, and I mean 24-7, not your work day, but your yeah. 24-7 calendar, are you spending time on the things that you say are important to you? And I think that's a really powerful question, whether you're unemployed right now or in a transition or unhappy in your job. And I think it kind of brings up our, our friend, Laurie Rudiman, who says like, it's not all related to work. If you're feeling fulfilled mm-hmm. outside of work, it can be really powerful. And, and just a quick example, um, I interviewed a young woman um, at the very beginning of COVID in the spring of 2020, who had graduated from college with a marketing degree um, and she couldn't find a job. At the time, there was really nothing, and she needed to start paying her student loan. She had no family support, and so she took a job at a grocery store checkout because that was all she could get. And she said, I went in with a positive mindset because it was going to pay my rent and student loans, and that was my top priority. And every day, she said to herself, I am doing this job because I need to pay my student loans and pay my rent, and I'm going to make the best of it. So by meeting her primary need, she went in with her head held high. She was chit-chatting with everybody. She was networking. She was asking the grocery store if she could put her marketing degree to use, you know, by helping with their advertising. And she turned that into a better opportunity because she was meeting her primary goal. And she was willing to compromise on things that were not quite as important in that moment. And it turned out really well for her. So I thought that was just a really good example of kind of double down on what you really need and be willing to compromise and make the best of the rest. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. Do you, you know, know your non-negotiables. What are you flexible on? What do you really want to draw boundaries on? Um, you know, what are some compromises you're going to be making? And that question, does your calendar and you know, how you're spending your time reflect your priorities and your values? Something I remind people all the time. I'm blown away. So many people in at least our Western world that don't realize they have more freedom than they think to control how they spend your time. Like you are in charge of how you spend your time. And um, you get to decide where you want to spend your time and what you work on, that sort of thing. That realization and trying to align that with the things that you want to do. That's a great one. All right. What's our fifth and final rule of recalculating? So I love ending on this one because it is so aligned with the mission of your work and of the summit. Um, Number five is ask for help. Mm. And um, I quote the African proverb that a lot of people know, if you want to go far, go alone. Sorry, (laughs) I messed it up. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And I think in keeping with that idea of, you know, this is a long game. This is a a long life. Careers are long and people uh, will get you there. And I get asked a lot. I bet you do too, as a career expert, what's the best career advice you ever got your whole life, Lindsay? Right. And I've always had the same answer for 25 years. Um, I was a college student and I was on a rotary scholarship to graduate school. And this like elderly Rotarian was sitting next to me at a luncheon. And he said, I have some advice for you. Keep building your relationships. Mm. Everything is about relationships. Mm-hmm. And I have found that to be so true. And people want to help each other. When I lost all of my business, when COVID hit, my instinct, and I'm really proud of it, and it's been taking a long time to get there, was to pick up the phone, to start texting people. You were on that list, Andy, and just say, how are you doing? What are you doing? How, what are we going to do here? 
Right. And I think it's so powerful. I interviewed a woman who had been laid off from a retail company, um, pretty senior executive, and everyone who was laid off started a text chain. And they said, let's help each other. Not complaining or commiserating, but let's help each other. And they all landed jobs because they supported one another. Mm. And probably one of the most inspiring things I heard at the beginning of COVID was Google came out and shared that um, searches spiked in March and April 2020 for the simple generic phrase, how can I help? People just saw the suffering in the world and said, what can I do? How can I help? And I think we all have that instinct. Um, and just a, a final note, I was a spokesperson for six years for LinkedIn from uh, 2009 to 2015. And I remember Reid Hoffman, one of the founders of LinkedIn, saying that he thought people used LinkedIn wrong. Hmm. He said, most people go into LinkedIn and they say, what can I get right. from my network today? And he yeah. said, you know how I use LinkedIn? And I created it, he said. I go in and say, what can I give? Who yeah. can I help? And so I think when you approach the world with that attitude, it comes back to you in spades. And, and frankly, it makes it more fun. Summits like this, speaking with people like you, um, yeah. that's kind of what it's all about. And I also wanted to publicly thank you for the best swag I've ever gotten, which is my Ooh. LP insulated coffee mug. That was a gift from Andy Storch for one oh. of his previous episodes. So Andy, cheers to you. And I'm just so honored to, to be here. That's well, thank you so much. Getting goosebumps. Yeah, that was after you spoke on the last time when I hosted the Talent Development Virtual Summit. Oh, what am I going to get this time? Like, I don't know. Ooh, I don't know. Up. Setting expectations high. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. And I interviewed Lori Rudiman for this summit as well. You mentioned her and her book, Betting on You. She talks about the importance of relationships. And we talked about the importance of networking and finding that super connector, someone that can really help you and being that super connector. And we talked about you and how you had both been so beneficial to us being in our networks, always giving, always looking to help, making introductions. And in fact, I think you introduced me to Lori, um, Antonio Neves, who's speaking on this summit and Chelsea C. Williams, who's speaking on this summit. Other people, you've been so helpful for me. And we have collaborated on many things and supported each other with our book launches and all that sort of stuff. And I reflect on that all the time. All the success I've had in my career comes down to relationships and you know making friends and supporting others and being supported. And I, I think it's really important that you talked about you know asking that question, what can I give? How can I help? And seeking ways to help others. I'm a big fan believer in karma, right? You, what you put out in the world comes back. And uh, when you are seeking to meet people and help other people, uh, then it can come back to you. Um, I'll ask you one more question. We can kind of end on this related to this. One of the top, I talk about networking a lot as well. And one of the top questions I get is, uh, especially from more introverted or shy people is, well, how do I go do that? How do I make the connections? How do I build my network? I'm, I'm a little bit intimidated by this. What, what guidance do you have for those uh, out there who feel that way? Yeah, I get it. It can be really uncomfortable to just reach out to somebody out of the blue. So my best guidance, and, and this can be hard for introverts, but you can do it online, is go do something that's meaningful to you. Go volunteer for a political campaign of a candidate you really believe in. Go volunteer for a community organization that supports a cause that you believe in. Sign up for a webinar um, on a topic that you want to learn about. And the people who are there are the people who want to do those same things. So it's a lot easier instead of saying, hey, Andy, I wanna talk about my career, can we network? Yeah. Then saying, hey, Andy, we're both working on this campaign for Board of Ed in our town. Do you wanna go you know, distribute leaflets together? Or I'd love to hear why you're supporting this candidate or why don't we go and help this cause together? Uh, Chelsea Williams actually suggested to me that networking on webinars just in the chat mm. is a really easy way to say, hey, Chelsea, I really like the question. 
that you asked. I'd love to hear more of your thoughts about that. So rather than creating false moments of connection, go somewhere you really do genuinely have an interest and connect with the other people who genuinely have that interest. And that's where you can make some really um, genuine connections. I I like that idea. Like you get on webinars or, and and you see other people and you reach out to them. It reminds me, you know, before COVID, I used to go to a lot of conferences Mm -hmm. and um, people would ask like, how do you pick what conferences you want to go to? And, and I see everyone else looking at who's speaking at the conference and, and you and I are both speakers and we hope people come to see us. Right. But I don't, I don't care as much about who's speaking. I care about who's going to be in the audience because I'm probably not going to get to speak with the speaker. I might learn something from them. That's a bonus for me. Um, I think people come to conferences or summits for the speakers, but they remain and they, they long remember the people they meet there. So I'm looking for who else can I connect with? Who are the people that I can meet? Um, So through this summit and others, and whether it's LinkedIn, you can reach out to people, right? And just start a conversation and ask, can I ask you questions about your career or what type of things are you into? Um, And you never know where those relationships go. Um, So as we close this up, Lindsay, we've been talking about recalculating and um, giving a lot of great advice for those out there who are maybe looking to make a little bit of a shift in their career, right? Not quite sure what to do next. Uh, What's one more piece of advice you would give? So this actually goes against the uh, advice that I just gave, but go talk to people doing things that interest you. Mm. Find five people, three people who are doing stuff where you say, huh, I might want to do that. And if you're feeling really gutsy on the scale of one to 10, call them, reach out to them, ask them to talk. If you're not, just follow them on social media. Uh, LinkedIn is a really easy place to do that and study them, look what they're talking about, look who they follow on social media learn from people who are doing what you think you might want to do. Get out of our heads and get into the reality that this is possible and that you just need to find the roadmap. So um, I think get out of our heads and onto our to-do lists is probably the the most important piece of advice right now. 100% agree with that, endorse it. Uh, I think that's so solid. Um, For people watching, listening, you mentioned your um, assessment earlier at lindsaypollock.com slash SP, I think. Um, For anybody listening who wants to get your books, follow you, where's the best place for them to go? Is it the website? Yep, my website is lindsaypollock.com, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-P-O-L-L-A-K. I also love LinkedIn and connecting with people there. So feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn as well. All right, so find, follow Lindsay on LinkedIn, check out her website, check out her books, including the newest one, which is called Recalculating. Uh, I definitely worth it. Uh, I've read it and enjoyed it and got a lot of value and I know you will as well. Uh, so thank you so much for being here, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. Um, we covered a lot of ground in this uh, interview. We talked about what's going on in the market today, how to pivot in these uh, uncertain times. We talked about your five rules for recalculating, including embracing creativity, doing the work and showing up, uh, controlling what you can, focusing on what you control and not so much on the things that are outside of your control. Uh, We talked about knowing your non-negotiable, setting boundaries while also being flexible and um, asking is your schedule matching your values and your priorities. And we talked about asking for help, right? Getting help, collaborating, building your network, um, leveraging relationships uh, to help others and get help where you want to go. And you talked about at the end, um, reaching out to people who are doing the work that you want to do to get help from them uh, and advice for getting into that line of work. So uh, I thank you again for being here. And for those you watching and listening at home, thank you for listening in. I hope you got some great value from this conversation. I hope you took some notes. Um, You can go to Lindsay's website and get her book to get those five rules of recalculating. But what are the one or two things that you're going to take away from this and go do? Set a goal, make a plan, Take some action to make it absolutely worth your time here today, and we'll see you on the next session.